0: This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisers wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to this week's Techno podcast. My name is Neil Sparks, I'm the National Manager SMSF Strategy at BT Financial Group and part of the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who are available to assist you with any advice, technical and strategy related queries you may have. In today's podcast, I will take a closer look at information sheet 274, tips for giving self-managed superannuation fund advice, and run through some tips and traps that advisors need to be aware of. Last week, ASIC published this new guidance, which has removed the specific references to a minimum balance requirement when recommending the establishment of an SMSF. ASIC has accepted that balance alone was not the driving indicator of suitability and that a client's superannuation balance, whether high or low, is important but is not the only factor when considering whether an SMSF is suitable for a client. Information sheet 274 consolidates and replaces uh, advice on self managed superannuation funds, disclosure of risk, and disclosure of costs. Information sheets 205 and 206. The guidance removes the confusion about whether financial advisors can recommend the establishment of an SMSF for clients with less than $500,000 in superannuation savings. And I'm confident that this news will be welcomed by Australian Financial Services licensees and financial advisors and will help them comply with their obligations when providing personal advice about SMSFs. The release is a positive step for the SMSF community and comes off the back of research completed between the SMSF Association and the University of Adelaide, which found that there was no material difference in performance of SMSFs with balances between $200,000 and $500,000. And in light of the research findings, the SMSF Association continued to advocate on behalf of the SMSF industry requesting that ASIC review its guidance and remove the $500,000 threshold to determine whether advice to establish an SMSF was appropriate. To further support advisors, ASIC has provided case studies in an attachment to Info 274, which illustrate that an SMSF balance is only one factor a financial advisor should consider when determining whether an SMSF is suitable for their client. Some of the key changes made include removing the $500,000 balance threshold as being appropriate for an SMSF, reflecting that balance alone is not the sole indicator of suitability, reminding advisors that they have an obligation to inform trustees of the costs and risks of running a self-managed superfund, ensuring that comparisons about SMSFs and APRA regulated funds address any loss of benefits or significant consequences for the client, and the need for advisors to educate clients about diversification and the development and implementation of the fund's investment strategy explaining different trustee structures including the advantages and disadvantages of each and help trustees to develop an exit strategy for the fund detailing the costs and risks of exiting investments early or the wind up of the SMSF. One of the major considerations for advisors is to determine if an SMSF is a suitable option for clients, and the guidance identifies key factors for advisors to consider when assessing the suitability of an SMSF, such as how much money does your client need, how much will an SMSF cost, what is the most appropriate trustee structure, the client's insurance needs and the trustees level of financial literacy and their ability to understand the roles and responsibilities of trustees. So let's start by examining the starting balance of an SMSF, which is one consideration when recommending an SMSF for a client, as this is relevant to the cost effectiveness of an SMSF statistical data on the ATO website shows that funds expenses are proportionally higher for lower balance funds however there may still be circumstances when an SMSF with a lower starting balance can still be in the client's best interest for example if the trustee is willing and able to do some of the administration and management of investments this could make a low balance fund more cost effective or if a large contribution is planned to be made into the SMSF within a short time frame of the fund being set up. When completing a cost analysis between a new SMSF and an existing fund, it's important that advisors consider more than just the establishment cost and annual ongoing cost of operating the SMSF. The advice needs to clearly set out the cost of setting up operating and winding up an SMSF, identifying which are unavoidable costs and optional costs. These costs should be described and where possible quantified. Advisors must ensure that the client understands the cost of an SMSF will vary during the fund's life cycle based on the investments selected, strategies used, and the client's circumstances. These operating costs need to be assessed on an ongoing basis to determine that the SMSF continues to be a suitable option and in the best interest of the members, and the later advice clearly shows that the advisor has assessed whether the SMSF continues to be suitable for the client. There's also an expectation that advisors will explain to clients that there may be a point in the future when the SMSF becomes uneconomic. For example, during the retirement phase, due to the fixed costs remaining constant and the account balance declining from pension payments. Another important consideration for advisors is ensuring that the client understands and accepts that although they may outsource their SMSF responsibilities to professional advisors, as the SMSF trustee they are solely responsible for ensuring compliance in line with the funds trust deed, superannuation, corporations and taxation laws. During the fund's establishment, clients will sign the trustee declaration and consent form. Advisors need to ensure that trustees are fully informed of the roles and responsibilities of being a trustee before signing this document, and it may be beneficial to direct clients to the trustee resources with the ATO or the SMSF Association. And for advisors to take the time to understand whether the client has the time, skills, commitment and experience to meet their trustee responsibilities. It may be beneficial to consider the ASIC red flags and if there are any signs of low financial literacy or cognitive impairment. This is a great opportunity for advisors to exercise and demonstrate the use of their professional judgment and use this information to satisfy the safe harbour requirements in the Corporations Act. Professional advisors to SMSF trustees must ensure that the client understands and accepts the risks of an SMSF compared to an APRA-regulated superannuation fund. Clients need to understand that an SMSF does not have the same protections as an APRA-regulated fund and is not eligible for government compensation in the event of theft or fraud. And while they may have legal options in these circumstances, there is no certainty that compensation will be awarded. SMSF trustees and members will not have access to the Australian Financial Complaints Authority, or AFCA, and may be required to resolve their own disputes. Now, AFCA is available to trustees if they've received unsuitable professional advice. For example, if their complaint relates to the financial advice about the suitability of an SMSF, the SMSF investments or insurance products. But that ultimate responsibility for SMSF compliance remains with the trustees, even when they outsource certain functions to other professionals, such as financial advisors, SMSF administrators, or an accountant. And this can mean that all trustees share responsibility equally for any administrative fines or penalties, jointly and severally, which are paid personally by the trustees and not to be recouped from the assets of the Self-Managed Superfund. Trustees should ensure that their appointed SMSF auditors are ready registered registered with ASIC as an approved SMSF Auditor on the SMSF Auditor Register before they can sign off on the annual audit reports. And after determining the client's suitability for an SMSF and explaining your advice so the client can make an informed decision on costs, risks and trustee responsibilities, there are additional factors you should consider and discuss with them. Advisors must help decide whether a corporate or individual trustee structure is suitable for their circumstances, including providing your client with a comparison of the risks and benefits of each structure. Um, Some factors to consider could be cost, including the potential cost of changing the trustee structure later on, any administration and reporting requirements, um, trustee succession planning for your clients, ensuring that those arrangements are in place for trustees and directors who are unable to fulfill their roles in the event of illness or death, and of course SMSF asset ownership considerations. Now, that's not an exhaustive list when considering trustee structures, and trustee succession planning should also be considered alongside the client's exit strategy. You must provide advice to help trustees understand the requirements to have an investment objective and an investment strategy for their SMSF. And advisers must be satisfied that the client understands the investment strategy should be in writing, should be in place before they start making any investments, it must be reviewed regularly and trustees can demonstrate that the review has taken place annually uh, for the fund auditor through the taking of a minute in a meeting and they must consider whether to hold insurance cover for members. When documenting the investment strategy, they should consider and discuss with the client the fund's investment objectives and types of investments the fund can make. Uh, Diversification, so different assets and asset classes. It's been identified that diversification is not well understood by SMSF members. The risk and likely return from investments and the liquidity of fund assets and its ability to meet those fund expenses when they arise. The development of an investment strategy is personal advice. Therefore, only licensed financial advisors can provide the right level of support to develop the SMSF investment strategy. And I think it's important for advisors when talking about investment strategies that they also inform trustees about the restrictions that apply to certain SMSF investments and the transactions that are prohibited, such as lending the funds money or providing financial assistance to a member of the fund or their relatives. We also need to consider the insurance arrangements, so whether it's uh, to obtain and hold insurance cover for members uh, and the lack of insurance cover may have significant consequences for a client depending on their circumstances. If the clients have existing insurance cover in place with their APRA fund, you must consider and inform them of the costs and benefits of their insurance options, including maintaining the insurance cover through the existing APRA Superfund, which would require keeping a sufficient balance to ensure that those future insurance premiums are funded, and of course the cost of having two superannuation funds. Um, If there's a decision to replace existing insurance with a new insurance policy taken out by the SMSF, are there any adverse consequences of that new policy, such as exclusions or premium loadings? and of course if you've got personally held insurance policies uh, not to transfer those to the ownership of the SMSF because that would breach the prohibition against acquisition of assets from related parties in section 66 of CIS. Now the last thing to talk about is an exit strategy. It may sound strange to be discussing reasons to wind up an SMSF at the time you're recommending establishing a fund but it's important that advisors discuss an exit strategy trustees may want or need to wind up their SMSF for several reasons. And these circumstances may not be apparent at the time of setting up the fund, but may become relevant in the future. So it's important that advisors discuss the need for an exit strategy from the outset to reduce the impact of unexpected events. There are many reasons why trustees may need to wind up their SMSF, such as the trustee responsibilities become too onerous or expensive. Uh, A trustee dies or becomes incapacitated. There could be a trustee dispute following a relationship uh, breakdown or different opinions on how the fund should be run or what to invest in. Um, Winding up an SMSF requires a number of steps that you must ensure your client understands. So it's important that you advise your clients about an exit strategy, including any potential costs to make the exit as straightforward as possible. In a recent BT Academy webinar, uh, Catherine Evans from Kit Legal and I unwrapped the steps advisers need to take to deliver high quality compliant SMSF advice. You can catch up with the discussion on demand by visiting www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series and view episode 64 SMSF Diamonds Are Forever. In closing, please remember if you have any questions on these or advice strategy questions for your clients, you can call our BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or email the team at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. For our final BT Academy webinar for 2022, Brian Ashenden will be making a list and checking it twice. This is not a session about who has been naughty or nice, but a session focused on a regulatory and legislative roundup to end 2022. Brian will focus on what changes made it through the last sittings of parliament and what still remains in limbo, as well as when these changes are due to take effect and any impact for clients. Brian will take a look at the latest developments in the regulatory space, including an update on the quality of advice review and what still remains um, and, sorry, and other consultation processes. This session will help you with a raft of changes to plan for in 2023. To register for the session or to view any of our previous webinars which are available on demand, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. All our webinars qualify for CPD points. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for listening in 2022 and bye for now. BT Tech knows and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.